You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Hi everyone, Annie here for Showreel. Today, a little departure from the usual look at film productions and practitioners and a look at technology that has been used to create the moving image. I received a release about a Melbourne-based film technology company, Black Magic Design, who announced that the award-winning documentary Playing With Sharks, which looks at the life of Valerie Taylor, used its Sintel scanner CD-HDR to digitalise hundreds of hours of underwater archival footage, much of it shot by the Aussie shark researcher and photographer decades ago. This set a train of thought about all the different types of formats that the material must have been shot on and the hours of material to be processed and the technology behind making such a project manageable physically and financially seemed just short of miraculous, at least worth finding out about. Not to mention the discovery that Black Magic Design is a Melbourne-based technology company with an international presence. What applications does its work and equipment have? It turns out Black Magic Design provides for small and large productions. I spoke to Bob Carnelia, Director of Sales Operations North America, who happily spoke to me a couple of weeks ago about Black Magic Designs from Atlantic City, New Jersey. G'day, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I, I was. Um, I, I do a small program about us, and it's focused on Australian um, film industry. And I was really impressed by the uh, concept that such a, a, a interesting company might have come out of mm. Melbourne. Um, and then I looked at you up, and I saw that you're all over the world, in fact, and <laughs> you do quite spectacular things, spectacular equipment. Can you talk to me about? Black Magic? Absolutely. So uh, Black Magic Design uh, manufactures uh, hardware and software for the film and television industry. Uh, although today everybody's using moving images and whatnot. So uh, we're actually finding our way into spaces that we weren't in a couple of years ago. The pandemic definitely accelerated a lot of that. Uh, we um, use people use our cameras and our little switchers which is a thing that you, you switch between sources say so multiple cameras and uh, now people are using them for zoom like i mean like i am now um but uh, we also make a, a software product called davinci resolve and davinci resolve is a uh, editing color grading audio visual effects uh, software uh, that is actually available free for people to play with uh, the full version uh, it's two hundred ninety-five dollars, but it comes with uh, with our cameras and things like that. So we make cameras for shooting cinema work as well as TV. So you can use our cameras 
for both live and cinematic type works. Um, we, we manufacture a product called Sintel, which is a, a film scanner. Uh, that Now, one of the things about Blackmagic is that we build products for the masses. We try to get, you know, our ability to get our prices to be extremely competitive is matched with our ability to produce massive amounts of products. So, you know, in order to keep the prices low, we need to move a lot of volume. And that's what we do. So we enable the masses, as I always like to say. So, yeah, we, we've been around, uh, you know, close to 20 years now, I think. Uh, I came 12 years ago with the Da Vinci acquisition. So uh, it's, it's been a while. Um, but we make products for live production. So you'll see our products in churches and schools, uh, as well as the Olympics. So it's, uh, it's very interesting to see the growth of the company over these past decade plus to uh, being able to be um, in, you know, it's funny, I, I, I presented to some engineers for the TV and radio business. It's a Society of Broadcast Engineers. And the first time I went to, to speak with them, I apologized to the radio people because they said, I have video products. That's what I'm going to talk about today. And one of the guys said, well, now we're simulcasting our radio. So they handed us your product and I went to the church to find out how to use it because I knew they had it. So we've kind of come full circle, which is uh, just fun. And I think that, you know, as during the pandemic, we accelerated certain products that enabled people to use, uh, to have better looking zoom calls and and whatnot you know the medical profession was using it because they were you know speaking to people and and you know i always say that your audio is actually the most important thing of skype or zoom or any of these things but uh, obviously if your video doesn't look good then that's distracting as well so the better you can make yourself look and sound is uh is is the, is the key to the success of these type of uh, interactions with uh, zoom and whatnot so, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting world because I used to travel uh, 130,000 miles a year, uh, 70 kilom- 70,000 kilometers or so, I'd say. Uh, but now I'm on Zoom uh, all day long, uh, but I'm able to you know, reach more people this way, uh, in theory. Um, I certainly can do back-to-back-to-back um, meetings and whatnot that I didn't normally be able to, I wasn't able to accomplish before, so... Uh, but it's I bring it's all less the interesting. It's less interesting <laughs> for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, sometimes it, it's it, it's it's more in the sense that I can see the results when I I teach sometimes because I have a lot of the equipment set up so I can teach people how to use it, and that's been helpful. Uh, I taught a group of teachers because the teachers were going to start using our products to interact with the children that were home. So they were, uh, you know, they wanted to be you know, more compelling on Zoom by switching sources and things like that. So it's been, it's, it's different. Uh, I certainly home a lot more than I used to be. Uh, but uh, my wife and I have adjusted. <laughs> um, well, one of the reasons why uh, the, your products came to my attention was because of the one, the piece of equipment you talked about, the scanner. We, and yeah, it was Intel. Yeah, the Sinta and, and how it was related to a film that's just been released, which is Playing with Sharks, um, which, of course, is uh, has been shot over decades because it's following a particular woman's uh, adventure, effectively, with sharks, but, you know, very well-known person. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean that that scanner was able to uh, – deal with a variety of formats is that it's it's strength so yeah the 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 big 
uh, well, there's a few things about the scanner. So the company that we bought, Sintel, which is the company that we purchased, uh, you know, they were selling a scanner uh, that was quite expensive and very large and whatnot. Uh, Blackmagic is good at, uh, at building a product to make it um, more efficient in terms of its cost and, and, and even what it can do. So they, weren't, they were not scanning in real time, right? They were scanning a few frames uh, a second kind of a thing where we're scanning in real time and in essentially faster than real time because we could do up to 30 frames uh, a second, but, but film is usually shot in 24. So it, it deals with 35 millimeter film as well as 16 millimeter film. And one of the real reasons we even decided to accelerate this uh, or to, to make this product and to try and get it to be low cost was the movement from HD to 4K. You know, there's a lot of television shows that were, that were shot on film back in the day. And then when HD came out, they scan, rescanned the film and made them HD. So a lot of TV shows that we watch now weren't, they were not HD when they were originally broadcast, but we see them in HD for that. But with the new 4K services, the theory was, well, they could take that film back, rescan it to 4K, and then make, put these, put these um, shows back out on 4K. But people that have either older projects that want to scan or even new film. So people are shooting a combination. They'll, they'll take old film and new film. And this scanner makes it cost effective to shoot film and to and also use it for archive. And because of the speed, now they have low cost. So people in the past had these huge archives of film. And, you know, how do we do this? How cost effective can we make it? But if you could buy a couple of scanners for less than the cost of one scanner, you, then you can accelerate the process. And that's really where, where this all comes in. DaVinci Resolve software is integral to this whole uh, process because it's used to, to control the scanner and to make the files and then to color grade the files and, and make them look as good as possible, or you can mess them up too. So you want to make it look really old. You can, you can add those kind of effects. Oh, really? So, so uh, it also has this uh, capacity to uh, blend things from different. Absolutely. And that, that goes across the board. For instance, we make cinema cameras, and often they'll be used on feature films and TV shows with another brand's cameras. So the software knows the, the, the characteristics of both cameras and you're able to make them blend so it doesn't look like they're shot on two different cameras. It just looks like it's one good shot and you don't have to worry yeah, about which camera yeah. shot it. Yeah, which is, is so this must have um, profound effects in regards to post-production uh facilities across the board well absolutely uh you know da vinci the company before black magic bought it we we i worked there uh, we sold uh color grading systems that were in the three to five even up to a million dollars right well that limited who was going to buy them obviously uh i had all of eastern north america i went to six cities probably um but today uh the software is free uh, even the larger systems, when you add our, our, our control panels and things like that, it still gets to a fraction of the cost that it used to be. Now, as I always like to tell everybody, anybody can have a scalpel, doesn't make them a surgeon. But what it does do is allow people to get into the process of trying out these things, trying out editing and color grading and those kind of, because back in, when I worked in post-production back in the 90s in Hollywood, in order to learn the equipment, you either had to stay very late 
or get up very early to try and get in there to use that equipment. No one had it at home. But today you have a full post-production suite downloadable for free. So that, you know, creates a much more diverse crowd of creative creative people. And now people are doing a lot. Now, the, the main, the larger facilities still work because they have the great talent, right? So, you know, when, when somebody does a really big film or commercial, they want to go to the guy that has, has the right talent. And they have the large servers for storage and things like that. But on a day-to-day basis, <clears throat> for anyone that's working on a small project, software is great. Yeah, that's really interesting. G'day, I'm Warwick Fulton, and uh, you're listening to 3CR. You're on Showreel with Annie. We are listening to a conversation I had with Bob Cognelia, Director of Sales Operations North America for a Melbourne-based company called Black Magic Design with an international presence, which creates hardware and software for the film and television industry. Well, how does the Melbourne um, element come into it? Is that where it all began, or is it... You know, it sounds like the business the business model is acquisition, but it also has um, a sort of a a mind behind it, which is to, you know, it's got it's got it's got a purpose. You've got a purpose. Tell me about well, it. Right. So, <clears throat> so originally, very badly companies... described question that, but no, that's all right. No, I, I know what you're trying to say, and the, and the truth is that the the founders of the company worked in post production. And they wanted to figure out a way to lower the cost of getting uh, video in and out of a computer, right? So they made a, a card called the Decklink card. And that was sort of the first product. Then as they decided this is a real business and they founded the company, the owner who uh, moved back to Melbourne to his roots and built a factory and decided that he could figure out a better way to produce these products themselves instead of outsourcing, things like that. Over time, they did some acquisitions, but like cameras, we created totally from our own. And he's built a really great team in Melbourne and across the world that contribute to this. It's one of the, it's the best company I've ever worked for because we all work on the same team. We're all there to work on the products. Different guys in different departments interact with each other as needed all the time. So it's not like, oh, I'm the camera guy. I can't talk to the the live switcher guy, you know, they all talk to each other and that works very well. Now the manufacturing thing, we, you know, the pandemic uh, basically uh, revealed that the genius of having our own manufacturing was the right decision because with the part supplies and whatnot, there are other manufacturers that are smaller. They can't get their, their products built, but we've been able to pivot and make our products uh, more efficient, use the parts that we know we can get and, and things like that. And we have a, tremendous design team we have you know our engineering they spend all the money they put it back into the company so they really you know grant's vision uh is that he wants to enable the world to to do creativity and that the 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 size of your pocketbook should not determine how creative you can be you should be able to be creative no matter what budget you have yeah and so you've got a huge range uh, it seems to me looking at it uh, like cameras as well as a whole lot of auxiliary elements that go into actually creating a product you know a film absolutely and you know we do live production work as well and the cameras though are dual purpose they could shoot cinematic but they could also be live cameras and that also adds to a lot of efficiency so you know television stations can or even churches they can use the cameras live for services on sunday but then they can take those cameras out and shoot other pieces and make them look 
much more cinematic than they would if with a traditional just TV camera. Well, there's been a lot of funerals on uh, Zoom, I'll have to say. There's, yeah, I, uh, yes, I, I did one myself uh, a couple of years ago. So, you know, at the beginning of this pandemic. So, you know, it's, um, there's a lot of uh, different interactions that aren't going to go away. So, you know, at some point we'll go back to doing trade shows and seeing customers and things like that. And that does have a great purpose. But the other idea, the ability for me to go on and, and show people multiple cameras and, and show them the software and things like that. Uh, my team's been doing a lot of those type of, of um, interactions uh, over Zoom and those work well too. And sometimes, you know, if you can't get to a city uh, to, to attend a meeting, you could do it virtually as long as you do it well. And when you do it well, when you show people uh, the products and, you, and you're able to answer questions properly, uh, you know, easily with, with this type of interaction, then, then people are interested in it. And so uh, that's been really great. The only thing I miss is, you know, having a beer afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also the, um, oh, yeah, and the ambience. Um, I noticed that uh, you've actually got, uh, you spend a lot of time trying to have partnerships with people, uh, with organisations, and uh, there's partnerships, deals or arrangements. So you would work with other organisations like Apple, for example, to to, um, dovetail your designs and uh, applications with their their well they're very dominant so in the market so yep uh, absolutely uh, you know they asked us to build the eGPU product for them um, you know which we were happy to do uh, our software runs on their hardware we make sure that any new versions of their hardware will run our software and we also make other hardware products that go along with their hardware products uh, that's a very symbiotic uh, relationship but we have them with a lot of different players. Now, every camera manufacturer, while we compete against them in terms of cameras, uh, but we also, the DaVinci Resolve team is agnostic to that and interacts with all of the major players in the film camera business, digital camera business, to uh, make sure that the software handles it for all of our customers. And, and we've been that way since the beginning. We've always wanted people to uh, not be uh, you know, forced to only use one brand or one manufacturer. We, we're definitely been open and we make products for other manufacturers. We make, you know, the parts, the decklink cards and things like that, that go into uh, other companies' uh, products. So our OEM business is, is also strong. Um, I noticed that you, I mean, it's probably less relevant uh, in the pandemic world, but um uh, you have outlets all over the world, so in China and in other, you know, like major play, uh, cities. Um, is that because you're connected to those industries or is there a, a reason for that? Well, uh, so we have um, we have offices around the world to, to work with the customers in those regions as well as our resellers in those regions. So, and, you know, the challenge is, I mean, even in America, where we all speak the same language, mostly, um, you know, it's difficult to get around to as many people as we can. So we use resellers to sell to the end users and and we have events with them. And in foreign countries, obviously, uh, you know, there's languages that need to be dealt with. And so we rely on our local partnership with the resellers in those regions. And then we have other um, uh, Blackmagic employees there to uh, to assist those those resellers and the end user customers. So, you know, we have so many um, 
uh, customers around the world now, especially on the different levels from medical to schools to, you know, uh, churches. So you, 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 uh, you need a, a big team. And so we uh, augment our, our reseller, uh, or, you know, uh, network with, with our local uh, employees. Yeah, right. So um, you genuinely are a, a multinational company. That that is is so true, and and at some of the trade shows that we you know the one that we do in America, the National Association of Broadcasters (NAB). Uh, when when we do that one, we have people come from every office that we that we have around the world. You know, so we have uh, oh, well over a hundred people there, and they're from everywhere because uh, it's a multinational trade show. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to be able to go to IBC, which is in Amsterdam, for the European shows. I go there. I've been to our uh, interview, which is in Japan. So we, we do have trade shows everywhere and, and we do send people from different offices as needed. And just to finish, uh, the range of products, cameras, what other, tell me a little bit more about that. Sure. So uh, in the camera range, we have both um, studio type cameras as well as the cinematic cameras. And they range from a $1,295 camera to a $6,000 camera. Uh, and then we also manufacture products for live television. So I can switch cameras. Like I, I can do that right now. I, you know, there's my, there's a shot of out, out the window, uh, of, uh, a Ferris wheel in Atlantic city, which is not far outside of my office. And, uh, there's a shot oh. of the ocean and, and, uh, and then back to me, uh, you know, this, I'm using a green screen though. It doesn't look like it. That is a picture of my house. Uh, but you know, and this little product that I have, uh, that starts at $295 and enables people to to be able to do a more interesting interaction with Zoom because I can put in my computer into there and things like that. Uh, we also make a lot of recorders. So we make uh, HyperDeck recorders. Um, we have, uh, you know, the, the Sintel scanner, as I mentioned. We have a lot of converters that convert signals from different formats uh, across the, the, the world. Um, and, you know, we have uh, the Decklink cards, as I mentioned, which is the way to get uh, video in and out of out of computers. Uh, it is a very wide uh, array of products uh, that are designed to be um, used uh, in conjunction with all of our products. We can build a little ecosystem of Blackmagic, but also incorporate uh, other manufacturers as needed. Thanks for talking to me. Uh, thanks for having me. And, yeah. uh, all and right. thanks for the little display. It was quite exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's quite. Show a, you, yeah, Shabby. I'll show you something. That's, that's, uh, so let me do. Uh, so that's the green screen I use. Yeah. And I use, it's just a piece of cloth, but it's, I use it wrinkled because I want to show everybody that you can look this good with a wrinkled cloth. <laughs> <laughs> it's um how is it over there at the moment for you guys is it all right in america for you in your uh, place uh covid wise or weather wise yeah um, no co yeah, covid wise. yeah covid so i got my booster shot saturday so i'm happy about that mm. um you know it, it it depends on this now where i am uh, so in the east i'm in the east coast um and new jersey new york area that they were hit hard early so I think by now we're either very heavily vaccinated or we've had COVID or a combination of both. Um, you know, my own daughter's 25, but she she got a breakthrough COVID, if you will. So she was fully vaccinated, but she did get COVID. Now, I don't think she would have known she had it had she not been tested regularly at work. 
She thought mm-hmm. she had a sinus infection. She got a, um, you know, a- uh, antibiotics for it and it cleared up in a few days and she never had any of the other symptoms. So uh, well, if it weren't for the fact that she got tested, she may not have known. But now they tell her she doesn't need a booster because she has antibodies from that. And, you know, the problem with our country is that in certain pockets of it, people don't believe in some of the science and whatnot. And uh, so that yeah. causes trouble. And I don't know how it became the way it became here. You know, as I said, so many of us have chosen to do it. If we made that decision incorrect, well, then so be it for us. But I, I think I'll, I'll pick this side as opposed to the other. It's science, science, <laughs> go figure. Science, science uh, and math. I don't know those things. I know all those newfangled things. <laughs> okay. Good luck, eh? Thank you. Cheers. Take care. Yeah, you too. That's it for Showreel this week. Just a reminder that the Melbourne Queer Film Festival is starting in about 18 days' time. Keep your ears and eyes open for the live cinema experience now that COVID lockdown has ended. Until next week, keep safe. Bye for now.
Listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.